You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. It is such a deep joy and an honor to be in your presence again today. You know, we do not take this moment for granted, not a single bit. And we're so grateful to God for waking us up one more day so that we can be able to fulfill His purpose and His calling. We're grateful for the internet connection that we can able, we're able to gather together even in the midst of a pandemic. What has God been doing in your life? What are you thankful for, for God? Can you type it in the chat box? Say, thank you, God, for what, what has He been doing? Has He been healing you? Has he been providing for you? Has he has he been loving you? Has he been ha, has he been speaking to you and encouraging you? Come on, we want to be blessed to know what God is doing in your life. Type that in. We're, we want this this moment to be a gratitude and, and to be bringing praise to our Father, to the God who who provides for all our needs, to the God who has been healing all our sicknesses. Thank you, Jesus. I want to thank everybody for coming in today and, and for putting God first. I believe that the message that we prepared is going gonna, gonna to bless you. It's going to minister to you and it's going to inspire you. But ultimately, it's going to change you. That's what we want. The Word of God is useless if it doesn't change you and if it doesn't move you into action. Word is alive and active. It means it's got to work. All right? So uh, I'm going to give you the message in a bit, the title of our series. We're, uh, we're actually opening a brand new series today. It's called Fulfilled, uh-huh, and it's going to bless you. If you know any person in your life who needs a lot of, of, of a purpose and is looking for significance and meaning in a good way of living their life, I want you to tag their names right now in the chat box. You need to wake them up and shake them from their sleep and disturb them a little bit, okay? Thank you for being our arms and our, and our legs to, to notify people about this, this good message. But right now, I want to single out some special people. I want to single out all the first timers if that's you if you're a newcomer we want to call you out from the unknown and I want you to reach out to us by typing this in the chat box I'm a newbie or I'm a first timer we want to know who you are because we want to invite you to a very simple and intimate gathering called Zumustahan what is this all about well it's a it's a little gathering where I come in and I, and our servants come in and we welcome you and we 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 open our arms uh, to accept you into this loving community but also we want to have a dialogue with you to know where you are how you are what God has been doing in your life so do come in alright click the link below um, and if you're also a regular timer the invite goes to you as well we want you to be blessed by the conversation as well so we're gonna have our servants come in and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate together by talking about how God has been good in our life so I hope that you can come in alright also some very special people of course I forgot God, in the last two Sundays to do this, I want to call out and single out all the birthday celebrants now. If that's you, can you type it in? It's my birthday. Whew, we want to be able to give you this special gift. It's not a physical gift, but it's a spiritual gift. We want to pray for you and pray for your needs and pray for your for your dreams. If that's okay, can you just can you just open your hands right now? And every person who is in here who is not celebrating their birthday, I'm hoping that you can extend your hand towards them, even virtually. We want to pray for them as we join our hearts and pray. God in heaven. Every single blessing that you have prepared for this person who is celebrating their birthday, we believe, Lord, that 
the schedule is on its way. You've orchestrated, Lord, everything for their part that they would be able to receive this wonderful blessing. So we just claim it, Lord. And we thank you in advance already for the abundance, the protection, the provision, the presence, the power, and every good thing that can only come from you, that they would receive it in your perfect way and in the perfect schedule. Thank you, Jesus. Even now, we just give you the glory. Use them, Lord, this year. Use them so powerfully that they would inspire other people as well. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Happy birthday, guys. Thank you for being part of our spiritual family. It's such a joy to be able to pray for you together. That's what we. That's what families do, right? They pray together. So anyway, just like I said, we're starting a brand new series called fulfilled and you know we have been studying the book of Matthew for over two years now and it's been amazing we're being blessed by this way of studying the gospel and but you know we're, we have to move on uh, just a few more weeks because why well we're ending the we're ending the gospel of Matthew so this is the last series in the gospel of Matthew and so the talk title for today is this it's gonna bless you write it down if you're in the habit of taking notes here it is it's called anointed anointed i believe that the message today is going to anoint each and everybody and if you're ready to do if you believe that type in amen amen and like we always do every single sunday we declare god's abundance over our life and so that's what we're going to do right now as i invite you to come into god's presence and, and be surrounded by his love in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen everybody stretch your hands out just like this and say this with me today i receive all of god's love for me today i open myself to the unbounded limitless overflowing abundance of god's universe today i open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's word so that I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved, I am God's servant, and I'm God's powerful champion. And this is my favorite part, so shout this out. And because I am blessed, woo, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, if you are sitting down, can I invite you to stand up if you're physically able as we give honor and reverence to God's Word. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Today, we're going to take a passage from the book of Matthew. We are on chapter 26, and I want us to read from verse 6 all the way to verse 13. If you've got your physical Bible, do join me, and uh, you can even write notes in your Bible. That's a good way for you to learn and study the Word of God. Um, and it says here, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. Now, while he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and poured it over his head. The disciples were indignant when they saw this. What a waste, they said. It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, replied, Why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume in me to prepare my body for burial. And I tell you the truth, Jesus says, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and it will be discussed. Father, this is your word. It's beautiful. It's alive and active. But until 
we open our hearts to this and until we are moved into action, Lord, it will have little effect in our life. And that's not what we want. We want to be moved. We want to be changed today. So thank you. Speak, Lord, loud and clear. Make it so personal so that every person on the other side of the screen will know that it's a message for them and not for anybody else. Use me, Lord. Use Brother Bo. Use our servants and use this live stream, Lord, to bring an impact into our life. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. One more time, everybody, let's sing. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If you are physically beside somebody right now, can you tell that person God is going to speak to you today, my friend? That's right. You can even type it in the chat box if you want to preach that to somebody else. Whew. Our message for today is going to bless you. In fact, you know, I believe this, that even if you need to leave right after I give you the message, you are already going to be blessed. But hey, don't do that, please. Stick around. The message is this, and I hope that you can preach this with me. Type it in again and tell it to somebody around you. The message is God wants your heart. Whew. Like I said, this is going to bless you. And I do hope that you give your full attention, your full energy, as we call on. I got the privilege every Sunday to call out this amazing man of God, but more so, we have the privilege of being able to call him our friend. So please welcome everybody, our spiritual mentor, Brother Bo Sanchez. Hi, everybody. God bless you. I'm praying for you and your loved ones, for those who are sick, I'm praying for health and healing in the mighty name of Jesus. I want to thank you and I want to honor you for putting God first today. And for the rest of the week, always put God first. And let's believe that if you seek God first, if you seek His kingdom first, all things will be added unto you. Are you ready for God's word today? May the Lord speak to you in a very special way. Here we go. The passage that we just read, it's beautiful, it's amazing. But I also want you to know that over the past 2,000 years, that passage, that story of, a, of the woman anointing Jesus before his death, that story has been distorted beyond recognition. Why? Because people read it out of context. Specifically, what are we talking about? You know, when Jesus says, the poor will always be among you, verse 11. That verse, OMG. Preachers have been saying, oh, so see, look, Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. You know, because the disciples, they were saying, hey, why, why don't we, you, you know, this woman, he, we should have used the money for the poor. This is just a waste. And, you know, and Jesus said, oh, you know, the poor will always be among you. And, and then we began to honor the woman. I want you to know that preachers have been saying this, some preachers, over the past 2,000 years. See? Loving the poor, serving the, their material needs and all of that, that's okay. But let's not focus our, our attention there because there's something more important. The soul, 
And so what we need to do is focus on the soul because our mission is to bring people to heaven, to make them saved and bring people to heaven. That's where attention, energy, and focus should be. Look, working for the poor and, and social justice and, and you know feeding the poor and all of that. I mean, that's a losing game because Jesus said, the poor you will always have among you. You see? You see? You'll never win. But where will you win? Aha! Focus on the soul. My dear friend, if there's one thing that you learn from the feast, it is this. That you should always read the Bible within context. And so, does that message sound okay to you? No, it's not. I'll tell you why. Number one. We're reading the Gospel of Matthew. Come on! If you've been listening to our talks for the past two years from the Gospel of Matthew, you know that the core message of the Gospel of Matthew is what? The upside-down kingdom of Jesus. That the values of the world, the world says the powerful and the rich are on top, the poor are below. The kingdom of Jesus is upside-down. Where the poor, the powerless, and the sinners, and the rejected, these are the VIPs of God's kingdom. Number two, this story, the anointing of Jesus by this woman, it follows the sheep and goat judgment story that we took up last week. Can I, can I say this? That there, I, I, this is my personal opinion, there is no more powerful teaching of loving the poor than the sheep and goat passage where there is a king on judgment day and he will separate people as sheep and goats. And the entrance to the kingdom is determined by what did you do to the least of your brethren? I mean, for crying out loud, what is more powerful than that? So just want you to know how in the world you know, Jesus teaches that. And then on the next story, he says, well, actually, you'll, the poor, you know, you'll always have among you, which means that it's not really the attention of your life. Your mission should be saving souls. And it, it doesn't fit. But there's another thing that a lot of people don't get. Jesus, he was a Jewish rabbi. And therefore, he teaches like a Jewish rabbi. And so... Do you know this? this? You know, I've been studying the Bible for 40 plus years. Can I tell you that this is like, you know, when I started researching on this, I said, I learned this only recently, right? What? That verse 11, when Jesus said, you will always have the poor among you, he was actually quoting the Torah, an Old Testament verse. And you know what it is? You know, when a, when a rabbi quotes a part of a verse, he's actually pointing to the whole section because his listeners were all Jews and they knew their Bible by heart. And so that what, that's what rabbis do. do you, can, can I read to you the, 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 the verse that Jesus was quoting? Here it is, verse 11, chapter 15, book of Deuteronomy. Here's what it says. There will always be peer, poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you, 
to be open-hearted toward your fellow Israelites who are poor and needy in your land. If you read the entire section, if you read the group of verses around this verse, it's all about loving the poor and serving the needy. So when Jesus said and answered, you will always have the poor among you, he was quoting that verse. And so what was he was saying? He was saying, love the poor, serve the needy. Back in 2008, my personal library had a lot of books already, a ton of books. I want to share with you my reflection about this as I was, this is way back in 2008. This is what I found out. Can I share? I did a, like categorize them according to topic. And I had 17 books on prayer. I had 16 books on leadership. I had 34 books on family life. I had 18 books on evangelization. I had 38 books on spiritual life. But this is just, it stunned me. It totally floored me. I realized that I only had three books on loving the poor and how to love the poor. You know, at that time, 2008, I was just asking myself, wow, does this reflect what my heart is focused on? Does this mirror the, the, the things that I weigh up upon and what I value? I'll tell you why this is disturbing. Because as I studied the Bible, I realized that about 30% of the Bible is about loving the suffering, serving the needy, caring for those who have less than what, than, than what we have. It's, it's mind-boggling to the 30%, but if I look at my own personal library and the way I emphasize things. So, by the way, this section of the, of the feast, this my part, my, my preaching part, it's like appetizers, okay? The, the main story will be, will be reflected and, and, and be, be unpacked by our second preacher. So I'd like to kind of like close my section, my part, by giving you some practical steps. If like, okay, Jesus wants us to love the poor, even in this passage, he's, he's telling us to do that. How? I'll just give you three things that you can think about and chew on. Number one, welcome the needy in your life. Meaning to say, before you give money, because that's the usual thing we do. Oh, here, here, money. No, no, before you give money, give your heart. Spend time with them. How much time do you spend with the people who are the least in your circle? Spend time with them, befriend them, talk with them, laugh with them, connect with them. Befriend the people in the periphery. People you don't usually deal with. Why? Well, you, you might say, oh, because they're very different from me. You know what? At the very core, you're all the same. We are all the same, the rich and the poor. I'll tell you why. We're all God carriers. <laughs> Amen? And so I think what's, what has happened among us, and I'm speaking to myself here, is that we can live in glass cages. You know, we're, we're, we're so... Ah, we, we, we live in our homes and, you know, we, we ride in our grabs and our cars and we're isolated, even before the pandemic came. And so I'm going to urge you, I'm going to encourage you to actually 
get out of those glass cages and to be able to feel their pain, listen to their stories, insert into your calendar on a regular basis encounters with the needy, with the suffering on a regular basis and go and encounter Jesus in them. Do I hear a loud amen? Difficult, I know. Number two, earn more to give more. Be the best that you can be. You know, helping the needy shouldn't be just a nice thing to do. You know, oh, if you have time. No, I want you to make helping the needy the purpose of your work. The reason why you earn money is not only to put food on the table, but it's also to help the poor. Make that decision. Set aside a portion of your monthly income as your alms. I reflect on my life and I say, okay, um, you know, there are days when I kind of like say, why am I still working? I've invested enough, you know, 20 plus years of investing. I can actually live on my interest, but I still work hard. And the reason is this, I want to give more. And it's a beautiful purpose to have for your work. And number three, my third suggestion is this, ask God how he wants you to love the poor. Go to Jesus and pray, Lord, how do you want me to serve you in the suffering? Trust that God will give you a special assignment. Perhaps he will point out specific suffering people in your circle, maybe an elderly neighbor, maybe in your office, the security guard, the janitress, you know, just being able to talk with them and listening to their stories, a sick relative that no one is caring for. Perhaps God will speak to you and tell you this person, serve that person, meet me in that person. Or God may say, serve a ministry for the poor, Anuim, our abandoned elderly, Jeremiah, our home for sexually abused children, Grace to be Born, our center for pregnant women in crisis, the other ministries that we have. Perhaps God will call you, as he did me, to build what I call enlightened businesses. Enlightened businesses means you're there not only for profit, you're there to share the profit to the staff and the employees and see them as co-owners. My dear friend, trust that if this is his very important mission um, and he's giving it to us to meet him in the poorest of the poor, to meet him in the least of our brothers and sisters, to encounter him there, then he will guide you and he will lead you. Okay, that's appetizer. The main story will be discussed now. Audi Villaraza, come and preach to us. If this message is helping you in any way, can you type in the chat box? I'm blessed. I am blessed. I want to thank you for still being there on the other side. Thank you for studying the Word of God with us today. Let's go now to our key passage. We're going to study this verse by verse. We're going to take it from verse 6 and uh, follow with me. It says, Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had previously had leprosy. Now, while Jesus was eating, a woman suddenly came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume and then poured it over his head. 
In case you're wondering, you know, Matthew didn't actually give us the cost of this expensive alabaster jar, but thankfully, Mark did. So thank you, St. Mark. Mark said in his gospel that a single jar of expensive perfume back then, it cost 300 denarii. Now, how much is 300 denarii? I want you to know that this wasn't your typical baby cologne that you would buy off of the rack in the grocery. No, 300 denarii was equivalent to, check this out, a whole year's worth of wages. Wow, somebody say, that's a lot. That's a lot. Imagine spending your entire salary in 2021 for a single jar of perfume. You know, even if you are earning minimum wage, that's still a lot, right? What is the point? The point is simple. True worship is costly. That's right. It should cost you something. You know, it should cost you some comfort. True worship should cost you some sacrifice. It should cost your wallet to say, Arui! You know, it should hurt your wallet a little bit. Your wallet should say, seriously? You're going to give that? <laughs> That's what true worship is all about. We think that worship is all about, you know, singing songs and lifting our hands. And although these are beautiful expressions of worship, that's not what worship is all about. You know, in the Bible, worship has two elements. First, loving God with your entire heart, your whole heart. Second, surrendering our all to God. Obviously, there's a price tag to doing these two things. Just like Mary of Bethany, you know, God right now is calling all of us to live a life of extravagant worship, to passionately give our very best and our all to Him. But you know what? Sometimes people will not understand you. People will not get you. And I'll prove it to you. In verse 38, it says that the disciples were indignant when they saw the woman do this. And they said, what a waste! It could have been sold for a high price and the money given to the poor. Some people didn't understand what Mary did back then. They thought that she was nuts. She was cuckoo. In fact, even some of the disciples criticized her. But you know what? There was someone who questioned it more than the rest. John wrote it in his gospel. And you're going to be shocked by this. You want to know who it was? It was Judas Iscariot. You know, the one who would betray Jesus. Doesn't that make absolute sense? That since the very beginning, it seems that Judas never understood the meaning of sacrifice. Why? Because of his selfishness. To Judas, it was a waste of money. This, this explains why there are some people in your life who won't understand why you spend so much energy and time collecting and packing all these relief goods to be sent to the typhoon victims or the earthquake victims. But, but Jesus does. Some people will not understand why you spend so much time serving in ministry, but Jesus does. Some people will not understand why you support the ministries that help the poor and you give 10% of your hard-earned income to the church, but Jesus does. Because what others consider a waste, Jesus calls it worship. Amen, somebody. Let's read the last part. You're going to be blessed by this. This is how Jesus answers. He says, But Jesus, aware of this, he replies, Why criticize this woman for doing a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. And I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Some people will not understand the things that you do for God. And you know, I remember the very first time that I, that I actually attended the feast in Valle Verde and then all of a sudden people started worshiping. 
Do you remember your first time worshiping the Lord in a big crowd? Remember how uncomfortable it was to lift your hands for the very first time? You know, you felt like the whole world was watching you, was staring at you. Like the people who were behind you were just eyeballing you the whole time. As if they went to church just to judge you and see you while you worship. <laughs> so you were very conscious about every moment that you had. And you know, every beginner, every baby Christian, it, it always starts slow when you worship the Lord. You know, it always starts with your hands in your pocket, right? You pretend like you don't really... Uh, feel uh, awkward, so so you try to look cool with your hands in your pocket, and you just sway back and forth like this. Uh huh. But then the next time you come, you you feel a little more comfortable, so you do the move that I call the carry the TV move. Uh huh. Your hands are a little bit higher, and then you feel a little bit more comfortable, and so you upgrade it to the to the widescreen TV move. Now it's fifty inches. <laughs> and, and then the next upgrade is once I caught a fish this big. That's right. That's a favorite move by a lot of baby Christians, which is sometimes combined with a heartburn move. What is a heartburn move? When you put your hand over your chest and you close your eyes. That's right. But then there is the great, the holy grail of worship, the golden move, which I call the Lion King. That's right. Right, right. That's that's when Mufasa was carrying Simba. That's the that's the Lion King move. But every now and then, you would see some people do the high five. You know, people love doing the high five, and the woman love love doing the washing the window. You know, I'm washing the window. <laughs> see, a lot of people don't understand what we do in church, especially, especially if you're coming only to spectate and not participate. You know, some people think that God is only for those who need some good vibes in life every now and then. But then they come to a point in their life when they go through something that seems so impossible to solve. And to their surprise, they encounter the incredible saving grace of God. You know, God swoops in and then saves them. Type relate if you know what I'm talking about. I really believe this and you can quote me on this. Sacrifice makes perfect sense when you have been saved. Let me say that again. Sacrifice makes sense when you've been saved. You know, you have to understand this story in, that we're reading from the perspective of Mary. I was imagining the title of this message could be, There's Something About Mary. Because Mary was different. She was cut differently from the rest. You know, she did what no one else did. But there's a reason why Mary did what she did. Which begs us to ask the question, who was Mary anyway? John tells us that she was the sister of Martha and Lazarus. Remember the time when Jesus visited Martha and Mary at home? Mary was the laid-back sister who chose to chill out and sit beside Jesus while Martha was busy playing host and cooking in the kitchen. Now, who was Jesus to Mary? That's the most important question. He was a good friend, yes. He was the Messiah, yes. He, he was a miracle worker, yes. But you know what? More than that, to Mary, Jesus was the reason why her brother Lazarus was given a second lease in life. So you see, Jesus was more than just an acquaintance to Mary. No, Jesus was a personal friend to her. This was very personal to her. And you know, sometimes I would preach in a crowd and there would always be that one person who would shout amen louder than the rest. Amen! And then there would be that one person who would lift their hands higher than the rest, like their arms are about to come off. And then there would be that one person who would give an offering bigger than the rest. You ever wonder why? You know, when you see people who are worshiping God and you wonder why they are so extravagant in worshiping Him, 
It's because you don't know the time when they almost gave up on life. You know, when they almost called it quits, when they almost ran away, but then the grace of God lifted, lifted them out from the pit and then saved them, gave them a brand new heart and a new lease in life. I found out that the reason why some people worship so extravagantly is because just like Mary, they are extremely grateful to God. You know, they're the ones who have had a personal experience of God's love and power. They're the ones who have experienced His compassion and His mercy. Mary witnessed how Jesus raised her brother from the, from, from, from the dead back to life. So she had this personal experience of the healing power of God. So from that deep gratitude of her heart, she gave a big sacrifice. You know, when you're grateful for what God has extended to you, you won't mind being extravagant and giving back to Him. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. I don't mind sacrificing a little bit more because I know that God has sacrificed so much more for me. If Jesus could die for me, you know, the least that I could do is to break a vase for Him, to give a costly sacrifice to Him. If Jesus could stretch His arms wide enough to accept me, the least I could do is to praise Him. You won't mind being extravagant with your worship when you have had a personal experience with the Lord. So whenever you give, you know, give out of your experience of Him. Has He blessed you? Has He protected you? Has He provided for you? Ha has He saved you? Give out of that experience. You know, give with gratitude. And when you give, my friend, don't just give from your surplus, but give from your sacrifice. Why? Because more than what comes from your hand, Jesus wants what comes from your heart. Jesus wants your heart, my dear friend. More than what, what, what you can do for Jesus, Jesus values why you do it for Him. What are your intentions of why you do that for Him? And you know, Mary showed us how it's done. This is a beautiful story. How Mary approached Jesus and then Jesus appreciated her for it. If we can be just like Mary and gave, like how she gave, she worshiped Jesus and made a decision to make a sacrifice. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever broken a vase for God? Have you ever done something so extravagant for God? Have you ever loved the poor and fed the hungry and clothed the homeless the way God is asking you to? And maybe some of you struggle in worshiping Him so extravagantly because you think that there's not enough in life. There's not enough to go around and so you feel that if you give some away, that won't come back the same way. If that's you, I want you to think about this, all right? What you bury in the ground for God, it doesn't stay buried in the ground. The Son of Man was buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, that tomb was up for rent again. Because whatever you give in the name of Jesus, it will always come back to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Somebody say amen. Mary knew it better than the rest of us. You know, she, she knew that if she used the perfume on herself, that perfume will fade away. That scent will fade away. But if she used that perfume on Jesus, it can never be taken away from her. And you know, earlier I said that what Mary did was a sacrifice. Yes, that's true. But if you really think about it, maybe to Mary it wasn't a sacrifice. Maybe to Mary it was an opportunity to show her appreciation to the one who healed and raised her brother back to life, to the one who loved her like no other, to the one who sacrificed his own life for her. What Jesus did on the cross 
Now that's a sacrifice. Everything that we do for Him, it's just an opportunity to show our appreciation. And today, we're going to have that opportunity. You know, give the Lord what truly matters to you. What is that? Give your heart. Give Him your love. You know, Father Albert said something that resonated with me two Sundays ago. He said it during our grand feast. And in case you were not there, I'm going to repeat it to you. And it sounds a little bit painful, but you got to hear this out. Father Albert said in his homily, he said that God, He doesn't need you. Let me say it again. God doesn't need you. It sounds a little bit painful to not be needed, but you know, if you think about it, it's true. I mean, the master of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, of every living thing, the sun, the moon, the skies, the ocean, and everything in this world, he doesn't need you. He doesn't need your skills and your abilities and your talents. He doesn't need any of that. He can do without it. He's, he's an almighty God. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. That's a more powerful uh, uh, image that, that there is a God who doesn't need us, but instead He wants us. He wants to have life with you. See, religion is nothing more but a relationship with the one who created you. That's what religion is for. That's the main objective of religion so that we can have a relationship with God. The question is, do you want to have a relationship with Him? Because if you do, in every relationship, it's two-way. There is somebody who reaches out to you, but you got to reach back. And the Bible says that God loved first. So now the question is, do you want to love Him back? Because if you want to love Him back, and in case this is your first time to say yes to that, and, and to say that, that yes, you want to come to know Jesus, you want to walk with Him, then this is a beautiful day for you. This is a beautiful milestone for you and the heavens will celebrate it together with me, together with all of us. I want you to declare it out loud together with me. I'm going to lead you into a prayer to declare that God will be your Lord and your Savior. But not only that, for those of you who do this with me countlessly, week after week, to reclaim and to reconnect and to reaffirm and to also recommit your life to the Lord. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to re-gift our heart. See, the one thing that God wants from us it's not our money, it's not our position, it's not our title, it's not our fame, but it's our heart. That's the most important. It's our life. And so let's give that to Him. If Jesus could, could give His heart to us and give His life to us, the least we could do is to give it back. And that's all He wants. So if I can invite you to just lift up your hands like this. Come on. This is the, the, the pick up the TV move, right? <laughs> if you want to extend it even more, you got a 10-inch TV right there, the widescreen. Just open it up as wide as you can to receive God's love. And, and say this with me, dear Jesus. Say, dear Lord, here I am. Here's my heart. It's not perfect, but it's yours. It's not clean. It's not flawless, but it's mine to give away. And, and while I have breath, I declare that I will serve you. I will love you. I will walk with you. I want to have a relationship with you. So from this moment, I declare that you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you, Lord, to change me from the inside out so that I can love like you do. I can serve like you do. I can walk this earth the way you walked. Thank you, Jesus. Change me, inspire me, and move me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. 
for more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.